Huge show today. We're going to break down everything that's going on with Frank James, this person of interest in the Brooklyn subway shooting. We're also going to get into the new bribery case, the resignation and arrest of Lieutenant Governor of New York. But first, got a couple announcements for what's going on here with Turning Point USA, TPUSA. First, the Young Women's Leadership Summit coming up June 2nd to 4th, Dallas, Texas. Get your tickets, tpusa.com slash YWLS, and make sure you use promo code POSO. Next, have you watched the latest episode of Socialism Sucks yet? It is out. China, the world's loan shark. You've got to check out this episode. We break down everything the CCP is doing with one belt, one road. You've heard about this. I've mentioned on the show. Watch the episode. It's pretty short, but it gives you a great primer so you understand everything that's going down on this. Go down the rabbit hole on one belt, one road with China, the world's loan shark. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily powered by Turning Point USA. Today is 13 April, 2022, Anna Domine. Today's top stories, manhunt underway in the Brooklyn subway attack. And a person of interest has been named. We're going to get into it in his social media. Next, a new lawsuit is claiming that Elon Musk harmed Twitter shareholders and possibly broke the law by waiting too long to disclose his purchase. Third, a new report is out that John Podesta is likely interviewed in the Durham investigation. And finally, Brian Benjamin the New York Lieutenant Governor, no one's talking about this one, was indicted in a campaign finance scheme. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. So a horrific situation yesterday at the subway station in Brooklyn where as people were on their way to work and an attack broke out. And there's a lot of moving parts to this thing. There's a lot of interest in what actually happened and where the guy is, who's now named as a person of interest by the NYPD. His name is Frank James. But what we know so far is that 33 people were shot at. Some are in critical condition, but as of now, no one was killed. No one died in this thing. This individual, Frank James, the person of interest, if it is indeed him, we're told that he left a credit card at the scene, and the scene, and that's how they know that he was able to be the one. Uh, they identified him as this potential person of interest. He also fits the description of someone that people say was running with a gray hoodie as he was coming out. They say he rented a U-Haul from New Mexico. He lives in Milwaukee. They say he rented a U-Haul in New Mexico, drove to Philadelphia, then New Jersey, then, New, then obviously to Brooklyn in order to conduct this attack. So we're seeing now this chain of events. But what's even more disturbing is that he filmed, yeah, that's right, he made a vlog on his YouTube page of his entire journey up to this event. And so if this man, this Frank James, is actually the person who perpetrated this crime, this is someone who's very, very deranged. And oh, by the way, of course, another person who was on the radar of the FBI, but we're told the FBI exonerated him in 2019. Yes, that's right. The FBI was much too busy. It was much, much, much too busy going up to Michigan to frame a bunch of guys in the woods saying that they were conspiring to go after the Michigan governor. Too busy framing those guys to take care of a guy like Frank James, a guy that we are told was on their radar that they looked at and they did clear 
years before, just a few years before, he conducted, if it is indeed him, this attack. I want to play for you. And these videos by this guy, they're very disturbing. Racial animosity off the charts. And his Facebook page is racial animosity off the charts for years and years going back. So you get banned on Facebook for a Dr. Fauci meme. I get banned on Twitter for making a joke about Disney and groomers. But this guy is able to talk about killing people based on their race, targeting white people, targeting Jews, actually conducts an attack. His Facebook page is still up. And on his YouTube, these incoherent rants go on for years. So I want to play for you the last video that Frank James made before this attack was conducted. This is part of prison. This is part of prison culture. However I feel about it, however you feel about it, that's a part of prison culture, being gang raped and all this other and being extorted and having else the kitchen. That's what it is. You know, um, and there's, there's nothing going to change that. Whatever I say or don't say, how do I feel about it? Well, what do I feel about it? Well, that's what it is. It is what the f*** it is. I wish it wasn't. I wish a lot of things weren't the way they were. I wish the mentality that didn't exist that would cause the mother to want to go into penitentiary. You know, but it does. And this is, this is I, I keep talking about it for what good. It's not going, it's not about talking. I'm talking because I have lips and I have a webcam and I have a YouTube channel. But my talking is not going to affect my talk is not, nobody's talk is going to change. People, excuse my expression, have to be up again. You have to be in a gutter, starving, dirty, and stinking, in a FEMA camp, standing on a two-mile long line, waiting for MRE some water to drink. It has to exist for a very long time. So as of the time of this recording, we still don't know if he's been caught. Facebook page is still active. YouTube page is still active. He could actually go and still continue to post on that thing. But of course, that's the catch-22, right? The catch-22 is, if he starts posting Facebook, YouTube, whatever, and they're able to trace it, then they're gonna catch him. So Frank, what are you gonna do, man? You gonna go for the post? Or are you gonna hide it out? Or are you gonna try to get some other thing out of here? Look, obviously they're dealing with somebody who's completely mentally deranged. But we know what's gonna happen. They're not going to crack down on him. They're not going to look into this radicalization funnel or the fact that he told people specifically, even had a vlog up the entire time about where he was going, why he was going there. And somehow the FBI, the great FBI, completely missed every single step of this plot. This week's inflation numbers hit 8.5%. And keep in mind, that's only the number that they're admitting. We understand that the real pandemic that we're in right now is Biden's printing and spending. The catastrophe that is looming, we are hurtling towards this with the Fed and the U.S. dollar. Bidenflation is the real pandemic and is getting worse by the day. And that is why I continue to recommend that you diversify with gold and silver now. The only company that I personally recommend is Allegiance Gold. My friends at Allegiance Gold can help you protect your IRA or 401k with physical gold or silver or have it delivered securely right to your door. 
They will educate you on the benefits of physical gold because they care and they want to build a long-term relationship. Allegiance Gold has the highest rating from third-party consumer business agencies. Five stars with TrustLink. They're AAA rated with the Business Consumer Alliance and have an A-plus from the Better Business Bureau. You get $500 of free silver on a qualifying purchase when you tell them that Poso sent you. So don't wait. You need to take action. Go there today. AllegianceGold.com slash Poso. We cannot control the Biden administration, but we can prepare. AllegianceGold.com slash Poso. At its heart, wokeness is divisive, um, exclusionary, um, and hateful. It basically gives mean people a shield to be, to be mean and cruel, mm. armored in false virtue. Well, the regime is very upset with Mr. Elon Musk. See, because at first, they thought that this Twitter thing was just going to be one of those, oh, I'm messing around, I'm trolling, you know, I'm going to post something, it's not going to go out far, you know, it'll last a couple of days, it's just an investment, and I'm going to go off and do something else. It's going to be like one of these Dogecoin things. But it appears that Mr. Musk is actually in for the long haul, or so we seem. So the regime is starting to respond. I want to be very clear about this. Having Twitter restored to a full free speech platform is one of the most powerful things that anyone can do in the fight for Western civilization. If Elon Musk actually steps up, continues through with a hostile takeover of Twitter, and restores it to the thing that it once was, a bastion of free speech, the actual public square of the 21st century with real protections in place for people who have different viewpoints than whatever the mainstream narrative or the current thing is, that is going to be a complete shot across the bow, possibly shattering to regime narratives and then eventually regime power. He might even let another billionaire who was banned from Twitter about a year ago, back on. You guys remember him. Dude with orange hair. Used to be in Washington a lot. New York, Florida. Yeah, you remember him. So what's the regime doing to strike back? See the news now from the U.S. News and World Report. Elon Musk accused of breaking law while buying Twitter stock. Elon's huge Twitter investment took a new twist Tuesday with the filing of a lawsuit alleging that the colorful billionaire illegally delayed disclosing his big stake in the social media company so that he could buy more shares at lower prices. So he's being accused of breaking the law. The complaint in New York federal court accuses Musk of violating a regulatory deadline to reveal that he had accumulated a stake of at least 5%. Instead, according to the complaint, Musk didn't disclose his position in Twitter until he'd almost doubled his stake to more than 9%. That strategy, the lawsuit alleges, hurt less wealthy investors who sold shares in the San Francisco company in the nearly two weeks before Musk acknowledged holding a major stake. Uh, Musk's regulatory filings show that he bought a little more than 620,000 shares at $36 a piece on January 1st and then continued to accumulate more shares on nearly every single trading day through April 1st. Musk, best known as CEO of the electric uh, car maker Tesla, held 73 million shares of Twitter as the most recent count on Monday. So that's a 9.1 stake. So let's, let's go down the list on this. They're saying that he reached the 5% threshold 
on March 24th, but that the disclosure wasn't made until April 4th. And of course, the disclosure um, led uh, Twitter stock to soar 27%. And so they're making this case that if you had a Twitter share that you sold between the 24th and the 4th before he made his disclosure, that you are a victim now of Elon Musk because he broke the rules. Uh, they're saying, I, I assume the SEC is well aware of what he did, the wrangling in the court. And now, of course, they're going back because he had other SEC issues over Tesla and over the tweet that Tesla was going to be going private later. Here's something interesting here. Musk didn't immediately respond to comment request for comment posted on Twitter, where he often shares his opinion and thoughts. Alex Spiro, a New York lawyer representing Musk, also didn't immediately respond. Alex Spiro, this guy is one of the major players out there when it comes to Wall Street and when it comes to power influence. Look, if Alex Spiro is involved, if that's the guy representing Musk, that means he's serious in this. That means he's very, very serious. Alex Spiro, as you can imagine, with, with uh, what Elon Musk can hire, what he can afford, does not come cheap. You don't bring this guy in. You don't bring Spyro in if you're not planning something big, if you're not planning an actual huge move. That's what he comes on board for, right? So whatever Elon Musk is planning with this, and I'm still, look, I still say that I don't necessarily think he's going to end up doing this whole buyout and taking it private and all of this, but I do know that whatever it is, it is more serious than people are letting on. At the end of the day, having an actual free speech platform that is accessible to everyone from a piece of glass that you hold in your hand that you can sign up for for free and then be presented with information through what I call the democratization of information, that will shatter the mainstream media narrative. And when you see any issue out there, whether it be war, whether it be uh, medicine, whether it be wealth, whether it be the inflation numbers, where the entire uniparty seems to be completely in lockstep, that's when you need free speech. I keep saying this. It's not about left versus right. It's about up versus down. Who has the actual power and influence in this country? Is there a 99%? Ooh, sounded a little bit like Bernie Sanders there. I don't know. Senator Sanders, if you want to come on Human Events Daily, you're more than welcome anytime. So, the biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign, Well, there's Leslie. no e real evidence of that. Of course there is. No. It's all over the place. Leslie, Sir, they spied on my campaign and they got I, caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't no, verify. you won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't Look, put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied and, on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been that. totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to no. put it on the air. No, as a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. Well, of course, it turned out that not only was that completely correct, but now we've got more information into the actual special counsel investigation. I think it's hilarious, by the way. There's a special counsel investigation into the Clinton campaign into the FBI, into the CIA, our entire national security state, and yet we're not getting the daily drumbeat of leaks from it. We're not getting the daily, because he, you know, so John Durham, special counsel Durham, 
doesn't have the PR wing, the PR operation that um, the rest of the media had when it came to special counsel Mueller. So he was able to actually paralyze, paralyze, right, about two years of the Trump administration because the media carried all the water for Mueller, which actually in many cases was the point of the Mueller investigation, was to paralyze the Trump administration. But that's another uh, rabbit hole we can go down sometime. But, but... The media, of course, is not covering Durham. So it's up to us. It's up to us, the lowly and powerful, punching way above our weight class, guys, the team right here at Human Events Daily, to cover this. And of course, it comes down to the great Technofog. You know I'm going to go to this. There's any Substack that I've promoted, it's Technofog Substack over. You got to check this out. So, Technofog. Special counsel John Durham continues his focus on the Hillary Clinton campaign. And John Podesta, oh, by the way, has been interviewed. Listen to this. Listen to the latest filing. In addition, according to interviews conducted by the special counsel's office, the Clinton campaign's chair and other high ranking HFA Hillary campaign officials were not even aware at this time of UK person one's identity and didn't know that he or the US investigative firm specifically had been retained on their behalf. Such witnesses appear to have been generally aware that a law firm had assembled a team to conduct opposition research and claim to have only been briefed to a limited degree on the products and details of that work. What the heck does all of that mean? Who's UK person one? Who's investigative firm? Well, if you've been checking this out, if you've been following us for years like we have, and I broke this down on the Charlie Kirk show, uh, I guess last week when I was on with Charlie, UK person one, that's Christopher Steele. That's Orbis. In US investigative firm, that's Fusion GPS. And Clinton campaign chair, guess who that is? Ding, ding, ding. That's John Podesta, the brother of Tony Podesta, right? And we can, again, another connection to Ukraine and a lot of weird stuff. So when you're looking into this, essentially what they're claiming is the Durham investigation is looking into whether the Hillary campaign or Hillary for America were part of a conspiracy to traffic false information to the FBI and other government entities. And of course, this is why they use the shells like I was talking about before. This is why they use shells. This is why you do the chain, right? You go through the whole chain. It starts with the Hillary campaign. Then they hire Perkins Coy. Then Perkins Coy hires uh, Fusion GPS. Then Fusion GPS hires Christopher Steele. Then Christopher Steele has his sources. Then they have the subsources. Then it goes on and on and on and on. And when it comes all the way back up to the top, they can say, well, I didn't know about that. What are you talking about? I thought it was just opposition research, right? They make sure their names aren't on the documents, because they know what they're doing is illegal. And that's what John Durham is looking into. It doesn't matter what you know. It matters what you can prove in court. And what you can prove, by the way, in a court that's going to have to take place in Washington, D.C. So that means it doesn't just need to be tight. It needs to be airtight. When you put this case together against these guys, you have to have all your ducks in a row to understand what was the criminal conspiracy to start the false investigation. Today we announced that Brian Benjamin, the lieutenant governor of the state of New York, has been indicted for bribery and related offenses. 
Benjamin allegedly directed a $50,000 state grant to a nonprofit organization controlled by CC1. And in exchange, Benjamin received tens of thousands of dollars of campaign contributions from CC1. We also allege that Benjamin repeatedly lied to cover up the bribery scheme, including by falsifying campaign forms and misleading city regulators. And we allege that Benjamin repeatedly lied on the vetting forms that he filled out before he was appointed lieutenant governor. So probably one of the biggest stories in the country right now that nobody seems to be talking about, lieutenant governor of New York, you remember New York, right? It's that, that huge state, right? It's between Connecticut and Pennsylvania a little bit there, New Jersey. Resigned. The guy resigned. So former Governor Cuomo resigns, trying to get his job back. We'll see how that happens. His lieutenant governor, Kathy Hochul, becomes the new governor. Now you've got her lieutenant governor, this guy Brian Benjamin, arrested on charges of bribery. Like immediately, like five minutes after he didn't have time, you know, to get his name up on the office door. Did, did he even have cards made at this point? Right. Does he have his health care worked out? He's resigned. He's arrested. Bribery charges. They say he carried out the scheme when he was a state senator. See, I remember this season of The Wire. Do you guys remember the season of The Wire? You don't make false um, purchases with your campaign finance. You don't do it. And that was the season where they had the state senator and he was using his campaign finance money and then he was laundering it into paying people directly for uh, for drug money and, you know, drug purchases. And he was involved in the trafficking of that and he was getting involved in the real estate and the development of parts of uh, Baltimore and all this stuff. You don't do it. You don't do it. So Brian Benjamin arrested Tuesday and resigned after being indicted for alleged bribery and other offenses as part of what federal prosecutors say. The story is from Fox was a scheme to get campaign contributions in exchange for a $50,000 state grant. So basically, this is the way it worked. You donated to his campaign, and then he turned around and gave you state grants, right? By the way, we already know that this is just kind of politics as usual, but that's another story. The indictment also alleges that Benjamin and others worked to cover up the plot, engaging in a series of lies and deceptions. According to the indictment from 2019 through 2021, Benjamin carried out the scheme while he was a state senator and a candidate for comptroller. During that time, he allegedly sold campaign donations from and to be raised by a real estate developer in exchange for appropriating state funds for the developer's nonprofit organization. I told you, what did I just say? Real estate. They always do this through real estate. In order to do this, he falsified campaign donor forms. And in 2021, when he was being vetted for the lieutenant governor job, he falsely stated that he never directly exercised his authority as an official concerning a matter of a donor he directly solicited. I mean, come on. Really? And by the way, by the way, I say this about Baltimore all the time because the wire never ended because Baltimore just kept going. It just bled over into real life because the wire is actually a documentary. Yeah, the politicians go down, but the organizations that were involved in this, the corrupt business practices, all the people that were bribing mayors of Baltimore, they're fine. They're not going to jail. All the people that were bribing this guy, where are the charges on them? Where are the charges on the people? Look, I'm all, I'm all for, by the way, arresting politicians when we can pin stuff on them, but you got to go after the head of this, and you've got to go after this entire corrupt system. 
And that's all the time we have here. Human events daily. Remember, our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone, and your homework for us. Share this out with one, just one, of your normie friends. And leave us your five-star review on Apple, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast. What do we talk about today? A manhunt underway in Brooklyn over the subway attack that took place there. Twitter and a lawsuit claiming that Elon Musk broke the law. Podesta is reported to have been interviewed by the Durham investigation. And finally, the lieutenant governor of New York indicted. Before we go, it's time for today's moment of history. April 13th, 2002, 20 years ago, there was a coup, a U.S.-backed coup in the country of Venezuela. They ousted Hugo Chavez for about three days before he was restored to power. Keep in mind, these type of things have been going on for a long, long time. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.